Hi, and welcome to Math and Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is Friday, September 23rd, 2022. This is Season 2, Episode number 38 of our show, and it's basically a part two of not last week's episode, but an episode from several weeks ago. I could look it up. I've kind of lost track of these all. About a month ago, I had the opportunity and furthermore took advantage of the opportunity of uh, giving a, what we call, and everyone at, at their job calls a professional development when you, um, I hate to say have to, but when your employer encourages you to grow in your field a bit by attending some seminar uh, that is uh, intended to have you uh, progress. And uh, I got to be one of the leaders uh, about a month ago. It was just before the school year started. And uh, those days where teachers have to go into work, but kids are still on summer vacation. I actually... I usually don't like these things. No, nobody does. Nobody likes going to these things where um, you know, your, your supervisors, no matter what you do for a living, your supervisors are telling you to go to this particular thing. It's never that interesting. However, um, I did enjoy the one that I got to lead because you know I, I got to be the cruise director that day. And it was, it was kind of me um, saying like, because you always think, man, like every time you go to one of those um, seminars, no matter how brilliant the speaker is, you always end up walking out of there grumbling, being like, man, I, I could have done a better job than that. And not just me, but everyone's superiors kind of calls your bluff, which is like, well, why don't you give a professional development seminar? And I'd thought about it for like five years, and I finally did. And uh, the first 15 minutes of which you got to hear on uh, an episode of this program recently. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing, but the short version of it is here's how to use sports statistics in math class to help your students understand math. And uh, I gave a few examples and kind of the background. I didn't go to the whole thing because I, I didn't have time. I Well, <laughs> time. I can make the podcast as long as I want, but I usually try to keep it to 15 minutes. The presentation that I gave that day at the end of August was uh, 75 minutes. Such a smashing success was it, they invited me back. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing it for free. Of course you're going to invite me back. That we have another one of these days where you have to sign up for, I hate to say have to, one is encouraged to sign up for uh, these programs that um, are various topics given by uh, various uh, experts in the field. And uh, I was invited back to do this again. We're having one... uh, this coming Monday. It's the 26th. So it's only an hour this time, so I can squeeze it into an hour. I'm squeezing part of this into 15 minutes here. And I'm going to give some of the background on this because I figure, eh, might as well. My show, I can talk about whatever I want. I say I've kind of had this idea for five years when I first entered the world of middle school mathematics that there was a like moment for me I was uh, it was like a one day like one-off substitute job 
I did at Sterling Middle School, and they were having one of those STEM days. I don't remember if they called it STEAM or STEM. It's science, technology, engineering, and math. Sometimes they throw an A in there to, to uh, appease the artist. And the class I sat in on, that was like the substitute teacher, they had an assignment, like a project for the kids to work on, coming up with, basically it was a formula for WAR, like W-A-R, wins above replacement. I think we were calling it like, who's the GOAT? You know, come up with a formula for determining who's the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And it was football stats. And like, what stats do you weigh? And this is... This is Moneyball right here. And it, none of the other teachers who were there every day like could understand what was going on. Whereas I looked at it and said, man, this, this is my bread and butter. Let me, let me take over this one. Like guy who you don't know who just basically walked off the street. Like you happen to have entered my wheelhouse right here. Let, let me do this one. And that was really like the day that gave me the idea. Like, you know what I should do? I should be a, a math teacher. Like, you know middle school, high school, and, and honestly, the, the things I talk about in the proposal, I mean, I'd say it's for like third grade through 12th grade. Like you can, you can really ramp this up or you can tone it down. And uh, as I said, I've been working on it for five years. The original impetus for this was, was that day working on that particular project. And there was an intended audience that day because as I worked more and more in math, I, I moved my... I don't know if it's area of expertise, but I started taking substitute jobs in math more than uh, social studies or history or English, the subjects that I actually knew and had had studied. It was, um, I found that I knew a language that was accessible and known to students that we were targeting in class. And when I say we, I mean everyone looks at test scores and say, I'm not giving away any secrets here, minorities and especially minority male students falling behind in standardized test scores. Losing ground. It's the famous phrase used by Charles Murray, my neighbor up the road. Um, and this was uh, my thought, like, you know, we talk about all the time in the, in the industry. And again, I'm not giving away any secrets here. It's like, I, um, I, I don't look like my students, but I do know this language that like, if I'm going to assume the stereotype of minority male students are interested in sports, well, so am I. And even though I don't look like them, we speak this same language. And that was the original impetus. And I, I thought like, geez, if I could get some data where I show that like my minority male students are scoring better on standardized test scores because I'm using sports statistics in class and speak that language. Like, I got a home run right here, pardon the expression. Like, I'm going to write a book on this and make a million dollars. Now, the, the trouble is, every it wasn't that, like, my stats weren't backing it up. It's that uh, between COVID and coming off COVID, like, we didn't do standardized testing for several years. And, like, I never had enough data to support what I was assuming was true. And you know what? As goes the Mike O'Connell in uh, other fields too, like in poli sci, I do this too. It's like, well, here's what I assume would be true, and it, you know, I'm I'm going to go forward with my theory based on I think this is true, 
and I have a, I have enough data to show that well this is going to work. And other scientists might you know poo-poo the idea, frown upon this as as research. But for the like pop end of science that that I do, um, yeah. And it, you know, if I'm if I'm writing it was basically a popular book. Like this, this is not a college level science textbook. This is here's how to get your kids to do math. Like whether it's for families or for you know sixth grade math teachers. Here's how to get your families to know math. It um, it's <laughs> what do you say? It's the thought that counts. And if you know, it's not hurting anybody. That was the idea. Like yeah, we could re- re- um, devote more resources to particular subsets of the population but that is taking money and resources away from other subsets of the population this one it it doesn't it's not as though i'm using a dog whistle and other people who don't fit those criteria are not allowed to hear it like we're all getting this and i've mentioned last week about like the, the business side of sports like even if you can't throw a fastball 95 miles an hour or hit a fastball 95 miles an hour if you can understand the business side of this, well, there's money to be had there. And that's kind of the second half of the presentation. And I, I first show a picture of Scott Boris. Now, nobody knows who, what Scott Boris looks like, but I put his net worth underneath the caption, or as the caption underneath his picture, and it says net worth $450 million. And I say, now are you interested in who this guy is? Like, yeah, the, the people I talked about you know, the, the Garrett Coles and Steven Strasburgs of the world, well, Scott Boris has these guys as clients, and he's done pretty well for himself because he knows math pretty well. And then I show a few more pictures, and I don't choose these people at random. I show a picture of Kim Ng, general manager of the Miami Marlins. I show a picture of Bob Watson, uh, one-time general manager of the uh, my team of my youth, the World Series winning uh, New York Yankees in the 90s is pre-Brian Cashman. I show a picture of Elaine Weddington Stewart, who worked for the first in the commissioner's office, then for the Boston Red Sox. And she's now, I, I think she's just in private practice as an attorney specializing in, in sports issues. Uh, let's just say her hourly rate is uh, pretty substantial. Show a picture of Bobby Scales, who works for Sports Info Solutions. By the way, like, let me plug another podcast. Like, they need my advertisement. Uh, SIS, Sports Info Solutions, has a podcast. They've been in business for over 20 years. They provide statistical analysis uh, to major league uh, sports teams. And when I say provide, uh, let me rephrase that. They sell that information to major league sports teams. Like, they, they don't give it away. This is a business. These people do pretty well. Um, and I say I don't uh, pick these people at random because the, the next – slide is you know Jonah Hill from Moneyball and you know I put in a picture of you know Ben Stein from Ferris Bueller's Day Off and I'm like look not a, every statistical analysis or math teacher looks like these guys which is to say looks like me which is to say geeky white guy uh, all the people I mentioned are not geeky white guys and you know if if I were explaining this to your average 12-year-old, like I wouldn't, it's a little too on the nose to mention it. I wouldn't even mention that. I would just say, well, here's something that we are interested in. But on, for the teachers and the grown-up audience or like to media, I would say like, here are the subsets of the population we're talking about all the time. It's like, well, how are we going to improve standardized test scores for these subsets of our students? Well, 
I got an idea. It's not hurting anybody. And I mentioned that the jobs in sports that, you know, for every for every famous athlete, you know, there's hundreds of people who are working in the field also, not in an athletic capacity. They're the from the clubhouse guys and the guys selling peanuts all the way up to the doctors and lawyers. And the more you know about math, uh, the better you're doing in uh, on the pay scale, <laughs> to uh, to put it bluntly. And and that's what I, I try to put in it. That's like the TED Talk version of the presentation. And then it's you know like okay, TED Talk's over. Now we're going to try some exercises. And I have the teachers do this too. The same things that I do with my students. For example, in class, like I have them look up the records, the win loss records of every team in the league, and you know give me a above five hundred or below five hundred. It's always wins minus losses. And this is how I teach my kids uh, positive and negative numbers. It's like if you're seven wins and four losses, you're plus three. If you're seven wins and ten losses, that's minus three. And you can do that for every team. Add up every division. The order doesn't matter. That's that's the thing that surprises kids. Like even what they think is subtraction, well, you're not subtracting. You're adding a negative number. And there, the order doesn't matter. And when you add up all the teams in all the divisions, it always comes out the same number. It always comes out zero. Because in every game, one team wins, one team loses. There's going to be a balance in this. And it's when we, you know, we get to write on, write on the walls and write on the, you know, the boards to make this interesting. I always love pointing out as well that what is listed in the newspaper or the online version of the standings where it says wins, losses, and then that third column is percentage. But we know it's not a percentage. It is a decimal, which is to say a regular number, rounded to three decimal places, like rounded to the nearest thousandth. You could turn it into a percentage if you want, but it's not a percentage. It, it's just a ratio of wins to total games expressed as a decimal rounded to three places. It's easier just to write percentage. So if you're, you're wondering what PCT is, yeah, it stands for percentage, but it's not really percentage. And uh, on that note, I say... Well, I hope you've enjoyed the program today. There's a few other, uh, a few other items that I do um, that have the teachers uh, get into as well. That I have my uh, teachers also, or my students also, work on when we are learning things in these class. That sounds like a part three to me. In the, we'll do it again sometime. In the meantime, I tell you, if you've enjoyed your math and your musings, or want to comment, well, head to MikeO'ConnellJr.com, and I'll see you next Friday.